This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the B Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response, an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. TL Talk Radio, Season 3, Episode 1. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funihetten and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. Hey there, Lynn. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's been months since we've been doing this podcast, so I'm excited to pick it back up again. Yes, I agree. And um, can you believe we're starting season three? Wow. Season three. (laughs) All right. So what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about the process we use during the 15-16 school year to uncover the uncommon dots. And for listeners, you may remember some episodes that related to these ideas. So we're going to circle around and uh, bring some closure to the topic, identify the stakeholders who contributed, review the process we implemented, and share our outcomes um, and where we are for 1617. All right. Sounds great. So first, let's talk a little bit about um, our driving question. And I think, you know, we started with what do our Salisbury graduates do after high school? And we have so much to celebrate. We have students going to 48 colleges and universities, um, including Lehigh and Moravian College, and all the way down to University of Miami, and many students also attending community colleges. Um, So we're thinking about what do our Salisbury graduates need in terms of knowledge, skills, and dispositions um, so that they can be successful in whatever they want to do after high school. So... If you remember some of our listeners, we challenged our teachers to uncover the uncommon dots in our Convocation Day 2015. Um, We imagined what could we do in education? What could we try in small groups and um, learn from throughout the year? Uh, We also participated in a research study where Randy and I identified critical factors of success for teachers who were implementing these above-the-line teaching and learning activities. And, you know, we identified some of these factors and then we implemented a team, our Innovate Salisbury 
team and provided some social networking within the team, professional development, created this risk-taking environment where teachers um, identified a topic they wanted to learn more about, use a mentor text. Um, we provided some external motivation with some grant funding and helped teachers to network with others on Twitter. So we had second graders trying um, the Genius Hour and we had maker spaces in our buildings. We had a lot of success of teachers trying out these ideas. And all through that process, we podcasted with many authors so that we could learn more about inquiry and innovation and some of those uncommon dots like Makerspaces and Genius Hour and personalized learning. So lots of great stuff happening last year, taking us into this year. It was a, a year of learning, not only internally in our school district, but also by tapping into those 35 different experts around those innovations. Truly um, a really, really exciting learning opportunity that we had uh, with that, as well as talking to our stakeholders. So uh, in terms of stakeholder input, we gathered data from multiple data sources, probably the same stakeholders that most uh, school districts and schools have. Students, teachers, our administrators, our community, as well as our board. So just to touch on some of the things that we did to collect some data and then uh, how we arrived at our our uh, profile of a graduate and our vision here. So with students, uh, we have a superintendent student advisory council. And I know you've all heard about those in some previous episodes, uh, but we met with them on a quarterly basis in each of our four schools from elementary all the way up to high school. And during each of those sessions, we did some different activities with them. Uh, so for example, we asked them how they learn in school and how they learn outside of school, trying to uncover some of the similarities and differences uh, between those two things. Uh, we also had them doing a um, Lego challenge so we could get them to think about their thinking and how they approach problems and how they solve problems. And then we also, uh, in one of the sessions, walked around the, the school to, to identify the user experience and what's it like uh, being a student from the moment you walk in to when you go to your first class, when you go to lunch, etc. So um, getting the student experience that way. Something that we as an administrative team did to tap into the student experience was Shadow a Student Day. Uh, and we'll link to a blog post in the show notes on that. Uh, but all of our administrative team shadowed at least one student uh, within their building. And that meant that uh, we sat with them in class. Um, we did the same activities. If there was a test, we took the test. We ate lunch with them and we walked out the door with them. Some of our principals even actually rode the school bus. I did not do that. <laughs> so those are some examples of how we engaged our students. Our teachers, we engaged our teachers in a number of different ways. So we had um, the Innovate Salisbury group, which was 15 teachers representing uh, our staff, do, uh, uh, teachers that were inclined uh, to do some innovative things. And we uh, had them asking and answering those same questions about what sorts of knowledge, skills, and dispositions our uh, students or graduates need once they leave. Another way that we engaged teachers uh, was during staff appreciation week and uh, question week as well, where we posted some chart paper in faculty rooms asking uh, a number of different questions to try and uncover the staff's thinking about those sets of knowledge, skills, and dispositions. Uh, we did some visioning sessions where, where we engaged our community and our board members, uh, and those were all, again, uh, structured around the same questions. Our administrative team, we uh, meet regularly as an administrative team. In one of our uh, sessions, 
we set up a Google Doc and we broke out into several different groups and answered some of those guiding questions about what's the world going to be like in the next 25 to 30 years and what kinds of skills will our students need to navigate them. And then the last thing that we did was we sent out a survey to all stakeholders. Uh, and this was an opportunity uh, electronically for more teachers, uh, more students, uh, more staff, community board members, et cetera, to participate uh, and give us feedback on uh, knowledge, skills, and dispositions and different belief statements. So that's just an example, some samples of the process that we followed to engage our stakeholders in this really important work of creating a vision. And it was interesting to see that um, the stakeholder survey and some of the feedback we got, and we made some additional changes based on that feedback. So, um, you know, it was great to have that input one more time, even as we got really close to our our documents. Yeah, being- and I, I thought that one of the things that stood out to me was the themes of the conversations were all very similar, regardless of the stakeholder group. Um, we were getting a lot of the same keywords, a lot of the same ideas um, from all the groups, and that was really uh, kind of affirming. So what did we end up with? So we created our profile of graduate, which is linked to our, our uh, show notes here, and you can check that out. And the profile of a graduate includes three main components, knowledge and literacies, dispositions, and skills. So thinking about knowledge and literacy, going beyond our core curriculum um, to include global competence and financial literacy and digital literacy, um, in addition to health and wellness literacy. So making sure our students are well-rounded in the content that they, they need, as well as the content we think they need for the future. Thinking about students as our, our whole children or our successful graduates, we also wanted them to have dispositions. We want them to be caring and compassionate. We want them to be risk takers. Um, we want them to be pure, persistent and resilient and you know, most of all, curious learners. In addition to the, the knowledge and the dispositions, we think about the skills that our students need for whatever they want to do next. Um, we're focusing on the four C's where students are communicating effectively, both in written and um, verbally. Students are thinking critically, making judgments. Um, students are collaborating with each other, working together and navigating some of the challenges of collaboration. And finally, students are creating in, in whatever venue um, they want to learn and share that they're comfortable creating. After we defined that set, those sets of knowledge, skills, and dispositions around the profile of the graduate, then we asked the question of what do our learning environments need to look now if we're going to provide the opportunities for students to successfully develop those sets of knowledge, skills, and dispositions? So through our research last year in one of our podcasts, uh, we learned about Education Reimagine's five pillars of learning. And so we've adopted those. And then as a community, we developed some belief statements around each one of those five uh, that were specific to our specific learning context. So the five pillars are that learning is competency-based and uh, pretty easy to, to understand that in a surface level, uh, knowing that, you know, think about when you get your driver's license. So that's a competency-based test when you can do various skills like parallel park and uh, know when to signal and when to break and when to stop in crosswalks and things like that, um, that is an example of competency-based learning. So how do we make more of our learning in the classroom like that? 
Also, learning is personalized, relevant, and contextualized. And this is where learning honors the individual, the individual's needs, passions, and interests. And how does a teacher take those uh, individual needs and create with the learner a personalized path to achieving those competencies that we talked about earlier? A third pillar is this idea that um, learner agency is valued. So learner agency has to do with the choice and the voice of the learner and the learner having control over many aspects of their learning. And this is something that is developmental. So younger grades might have more um, teacher input as and as we get up and as students um, move towards uh, graduating and becoming uh, independent citizens, learner agency becomes much more uh, important. So the fourth pillar, that learning is open-walled, means that learning doesn't happen only within the walls of the classroom, that we can bring outside sources into the classroom or um, we can use technology to connect with other sources. And that's very similar to the last pillar, uh, which is socially embedded, very connected to the last pillar, and that is social learning is socially embedded, meaning that learning happens alongside of caring adults. Uh, those could be teachers, they could be family members, community members, and also uh, learning takes place alongside peers and students. So uh, those are the broad categories. And then we have specific learning beliefs uh, that we articulated around each of those five areas. So there's a lot there and a lot that's going to require a change. Uh, and that's what we'll be working on uh, over the next many years. So for this year, we're going to continue asking questions. Um, you know, we have this document that's going to drive everything we do, but we want to think about what's next. How do we build upon and celebrate our successes? Um, also, knowing that we have the beliefs of open-walled and socially embedded, how do we involve our community? How do we use data to grow our students' knowledge and skills? And you know, as we build shared understanding of these documents, you know, we we are going to constantly come back. Um, to these questions. If there's something new we want to try, if there's a risk we want to take, um, if there's an initiative a, a teacher or a principal wants to investigate, we're going to ask the questions, how does this connect with our learning beliefs and how does this connect to our vision for a Salisbury graduate? And knowing now that we want to scale up and we have some, um, you know, we have a lot of work, as Randy mentioned, to do this year. We want to build shared understanding of these two documents, our profile of a graduate and our learning beliefs. And we've created a Your Salisbury team. So this team leading Your Salisbury is comprised of a smaller building team. These building level teams uh, meet together with central office, myself, Randy, and our supervisor of instructional practice. And we're working to build those, those shared understandings. Then in addition to those whole district team meetings, um, we'll conduct team meetings at each of the buildings to support their individual work so that they're prepared um, to provide some professional learning for their, for their own buildings and um, that we're building this shared understanding and shared leadership around uh, these for our schools. And we're also, in addition to those, focusing on the four C's, so we're building that shared understanding of the four C's as well. So I'm excited to move things forward, and I think that the profile yeah. and the learning beliefs are going to be a real good anchor for us, an anchor that uh, bring back uh, that conversation that we have around the work that we do and make sure that what we're doing is actually helping move us forward towards that vision, towards achieving uh, that vision for our students. 
Yes, it's really exciting to see all of this work come to fruition and have a clear path uh, for the future of Salisbury Township School District. And we're really going to look forward to sharing that on the podcast and how, how our teachers and our leaders are making some progress. Each episode, we leave you with a couple of questions to think about with the idea of provoking conversation. This episode's questions, what knowledge, skills, and dispositions do you want your students to have when they graduate from your schools and become part of a connected global learning environment? And how do your current learning environments support that vision? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would like to comment or just find out more about the resources and links that we shared in today's episode, check out the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season three, episode one. We'd love for you to rate the show on iTunes. Let us know your star rating and consider leaving a one or two sentence review. If you have time to do that, you'll help new folks discover this content. That's it for now. We'll see you next episode for another informative conversation. Take care, Lynn. Bye-bye, Randy. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.